clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. Season 2. Oh, yeah. We're already up to a good start. It's going to be a good season. I'm just trying to get more uh, sound bites for you to have. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) I enjoy them very, very much. We are back. Yeah, we missed you guys. In the United States. Oh, yeah. That's right. Last time we talked to you, we were in the Gulf of Mexico. But uh, I, I forgot that we recorded that, to be honest. So I haven't uploaded it yet. So it'll be probably uploaded at the same time as this episode. Yeah, it'll be very, very close. So it's all the same. It's okay. It's a fun episode. It's a fun episode. We talk about, I mean, we're going to talk about this. We actually, I remember we talked about that episode about um, where we wanted AB to go and where we wanted Nick Foles to go. We said Nick Foles would go to Jacksonville, which he did. And I said AB was going to go to Buffalo and he, and did, he did for like 30 seconds. It was like six hours, man. <laughs> I was so excited, I gotta tell you. I went and saw Captain Marvel that night. And I went, oh, thanks for inviting me. And in. as I was getting out of the movie theater, I'll go see it again. Really Whatever. Good. It was really good. You said, do you want to go see this together? I actually think that and you I really said, like it. Yeah. Okay, well, I never, You always do this with me with movies. Okay, but here's the thing is, I never really know if you actually want to see something, or if you're just saying it because you're a nice that guy. That is so rude. With friends. It doesn't so, matter if I don't want to see it. If I said, yeah, I would go see it. There is a movie that I do want to see with you, and like, I ha- like... We're not going to go see that one about the carnival. Sorry. No, I, I do want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to see the Us, the Jordan Peele movie. But like, oh. I can't, like, you have to be there with me. <laughs> I never saw the other one. Uh, Get Out? Yeah, I haven't seen we that should watch, I think you'd really love it, actually. I feel like I would. I just it's haven't not, really. It's not like sequels or anything. Right. They're totally unrelated, but I own it. We, we should watch it. Okay. Anyways, let's um, talk about some football. I digress. So yeah, uh, Antonio Brown was a Buffalo Bill for six hours. It was glorious. Uh, people were texting me. I was so happy. And then I almost texted you. He wasn't that morning. But then, I think you did. You said close, so close. Well, that was after I see. I woke up at like six thirty and I Ooh. saw the trade, and then I saw his tweet where it was like fake news, yeah. and then I was like, oh, he's not going. And so I decided not to text you. I can be like, A, B, the Bills. I mean, all the reports said that the deal was in place and both teams agreed. They just hadn't talked to A.B.'s agent yet. Oh, yeah. I feel like, like... Nope. Sorry. I feel like it was totally going, him. Which is really frustrating. That was going to be my rant. But I'm not <laughs> ranting about it because I don't want to do that. Okay. I but regardless, 
Uh, let's jump back into some Rant Ray Recall. We haven't done it in a while. Yeah, that kind of is a transition into mine, Absolutely. If, if you will, talking about Antonio Brown. And I guess even that, that's a good way of putting it, because showing the drama around the Bills and saying he didn't want to go play there. Yeah. And I, I kind of understand, I sort of get it, but throughout this entire thing, especially the last month or so, it's really seemed in a way that AB went off the deep end. He was doing all this weird things. He was talking about how he didn't even need football, dyeing his mustache gold. It was weird and didn't look good at all. But after the trade finally went through, and he's in Oakland, he was just announced a few days ago. He went to his press conference with John Rudin and Mike Mayock. He met with Derek Carr, and I really, really enjoyed the video where he went and met with Derek Carr. He went to Derek yeah. Carr's house, and the two like hugged. And I'm sure they probably have met at one point or another. Like right. the NFL players know each yeah. other. I don't know if when their paths have crossed, but it's not like that was the first time they were met. But I feel right. like they're really starting to forge that bond. And that made me feel like all of the comments where AB was talking about his relationships in Pittsburgh and how, like, as he's grown older, that has become so much more important to him and more central. Talking about families getting together and wanting to be close and having this camaraderie and, like, this true support system. I really, at first, I didn't buy it at all. I was like, okay, you're just, like, trying to paint, like, this good guy picture now because yeah. so many people are turning on you and talking about how you're a diva and you want this and the right. money's more important and whatnot. And there's, to be honest, there's probably some semblance of that that's true. Yeah. I mean, he got a monster deal. It's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. But seeing the sincerity in that and seeing how he interacted with, with Gruden and Mayock and seeing the excitement in his face meeting Carr, I really believe that was true. I feel like that was important to him. Yeah. And I dug that. And, and I hope that it's a good relationship moving forward. Yeah. And he continued to be a productive wide receiver that we all know. And the, and the Raiders are going to be such an intriguing team coming into the season now that they, I mean, because they added other pieces too, and yeah. weapons on offense. And, you know, they still have three first round draft picks. They didn't have to give up a single one for Antonio, which was huge. Absolutely. Um, And see, the thing that frustrated me, and, and we can move on from this quick. I don't want to get too much into it because you know me, I'll get fired <laughs> up. But what frustrated me so much was Buffalo was never in the conversation they were never mentioned and on on national television on any of the networks. Yeah, the top three teams were Washington, Tennessee, and Oakland, mm-hmm. and it, that didn't make sense to me as to why Antonio will be okay going to one of those three teams, but not Buffalo. I mean, I get I get the the the, the stigma against Buffalo that it's so cold and they're a bad team, but like one, we're definitely not as bad as we ever used to be, and we're we're on the rise. And first of all, we're not even the coldest city in the NFL. Like the coldest city for an NFL team is Green Bay. Yeah. So I, but regardless, I just, it doesn't make sense to me why you would think that Washington, maybe Tennessee, but I even know you're not high on Tennessee. No. But, oh, and, or Oakland for that matter, or any three of those are any better than a team in Buffalo, in my opinion. That's a frustrating thing. Do you, and like I said, you said, we'll wrap it up quickly. Just yeah, answer me this. Answer me this quickly though. I do feel like the weather did play a part of it, Maybe. a tiny bit. But but, but so the only but the you're, no, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and I mean, he's been there his entire career, so maybe wanting a change because if you talk about, I mean, Washington still gets chilly, but it's not the that's, same. That's fair. But I think it's a combination of that, and I know you're going to get defensive about this. And the only one I can really say is Washington because Washington has nothing right now. Right is just the overall quarterback play. And I think Josh Allen will improve and continue, but I feel like A.B. was like, oh, this guy's not going to, he's going to give me the, never going to give me the football. But that's an interesting comment too, though, because 
you know, I know that it's still it's only John Brown and Cole Beasley who are two I think solid weapons. Um, and Tyler Croft as well at tight end that the Bills have signed. All three of them said the number one reason they signed was because they believed in Josh Allen. I mean, that's good. So that's cool. May, maybe it's just the difference between Antonio Brown and then sort of mill the pack to above average receivers. Sure. But still, those guys said we believe in this kid and we want him. So, there but regardless, go. it's. I got so excited for a solid like three or four hours before I went to bed. I remember because I stayed up. All, I stayed up late because I wanted to see, and I was watching Sports Center, and they kept asking, even though like the deal was reported by Ian Rappaport and everything. They were yeah. like, "Still nothing on the Antonio Brown front." I was like, "They're talking about it right now." <laughs> but so before I went to bed, I said, "Even though I recognize this might not actually happen, I'm just going to let myself go to sleep tonight, feeling that Antonio Brown is a bill." <laughs> you could find Antonio Brown. Bill's you, jersey. You could have. <laughs> but regardless, uh, I have a rave, and it's probably the most obvious of raves, and it's about the Cleveland Browns. And I just, you know, if you listen to our show, you know that I've been a pseudo-Browns fan for, like, the whole year. But just, they made three really, really huge moves. The first one was the trade for Olivier Vernon, mm-hmm. who they, they already have a solid front four and, uh, and the pass rush. Yeah. And then you sign... Um, Sheldon Richardson, uh, who came off that one-year deal with Minnesota, and then you swing for the fences and you make the trade for Odell Beckham Jr. And I could not believe it really happened. It was pretty shocking. They were talking about it, and it was reported, and it was kind of like alluded to, but everyone's like, no, they're not really going to do that. And boom, swing for the fence, a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and Jabril Peppers and Odell Beckham teams up with his old high school teammate and Juice Jarvis Landry. It's, no, they played in high school too. Did they? I could have swore they did play in high school too. I mean, if that's true, we're gonna look this up. But I, I because I remember it said I, I'm pretty sure it said high school to college to to NFL now, and just it's so amazing, and I feel so happy for Browns fans right now to be able to just to say you know our team is is right here, our team is this good, um, but I just. As a Bills fan, you know, we've had similar histories of losing and being somewhat mediocre at times. It's just the entire national conversation has shifted for the Browns. And, you know, John Dorsey deserves all the credit in the world for what he's done with this team. Because it started last year when he made the trade for Jarvis Landry. They traded for Tyrod. It didn't, Tyrod didn't work out. But, like, he showed that he was being aggressive and that he was going to get guys. and. You know, while as a player, Tyrod may not have worked out, I, I'm telling you so much right now that Baker Mayfield would credit a lot of his growth last year and success to Tyrod Taylor and his knowledge. Sure. So, but, you know, Dorsey was aggressive. He was ready to go. He went out and he got all these players, and I cannot rave about them enough. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, do you want to say anything before we... No, I feel like ready? that's that's cool that... Uh, yeah. So I mean, I don't you're want, right. And I don't, I, I don't want to say too much because we have... Uh, our first time Browns correspondent coming up right now. Heck yeah. Um, my cousin James Achilles. So so let's go ahead and get him on the phone and we'll talk about Browns. Get him on the line. Uh, James, how are we doing today? Oh, I am. I am. You know, I woke up this morning feeling real dangerous. <laughs> real dangerous. Ooh. Love, love that. Into it already. <laughs> so, so let's just jump right into this. I got to know the big news. What's your initial reaction to the Odo Beckham Jr. trade? Oh my goodness, that, that is the main reason why I'm feeling so dangerous. <laughs> you know, honestly, like once that news broke, I, I, I still don't think I've caught my breath since. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I, I am so excited 
because what he will bring to the team and just the added weapon that we have on offense now, oh my God, like yeah. I'm freaking out. Yeah. Another question, sort of a follow-up to that is, uh, first of all, how cool is it that you know he gets to play with Jarvis Landry again? But how do you see sort of that wide receiving core working now that you've got two big dogs in the house here and you've still got guys like David Njoku and the young Antonio Callaway. Like, you have a lot of weapons on this offense now. How do you see all that working out with Freddie Kitchens? Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be very interesting, especially with Freddie calling the plays, uh, what he proved last year. Yeah. Is you never know where the ball's going to go. Right. And if you're going to try to key in on one guy, we have weapons everywhere to where we could dish the ball out to wherever we need to go. And I'm, I'm most excited about what OBJ brings for Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Because Jarvis Landry can now play his position, which he's not the run down the field, I'm going to outrun you guy. He's the guy that's going to catch everything underneath and going to be this, the uh, uh, number one, not necessarily slot, he'll be a wide receiver too, but... He's going to be able to play more into his realm and his skills that he has. And uh, it's just so exciting to see. <laughs> I, I, like, I, don't, I don't even know. I'm just so excited. <laughs> no, that makes a lot they of sense. Have, they have skill everywhere. Yeah. James, I do want to ask. Uh, so Baker's coming off one of the most successful rookie seasons of all time. Set yeah. that passing touchdown record. Showed a lot of leadership. Showed some, uh, still a lot of that swagger. What uh? Where do you rank Baker right now in the NFL? One to thirty-two. One to thirty-two. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably shock you guys. Oh, ooh, love it. I'm I'm gonna rank him. I'm definitely gonna shock you. I'm gonna rank him in the top five. Oh, oh my word! Okay. All right, James. Yeah, I'm gonna go top five, and, and reason being, say so justify that now. Towards the end of last year. Uh, I think the the last half of the year or the last quarter of the year, he ranked in the top six uh, with, I believe it was passer rating yards per attempt. Yes, that's true. And that was just that. And and that was him not having a full training camp, a full OTAs, full preseason, full everything running with the number ones. Yeah, true. And running with the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, so if he was he was able to do that, he got the Browns seven wins. He's going to come into an off season to where he is the guy we have our franchise quarterback. Yeah. Know this. Yeah. But just confidence wise for him, and then on top of all of that, you bring in Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. You, you bring in Kareem Hunt, and with everybody else that we have, it's yeah. Just, I can't see him being. Anything less than top five. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I love the confidence in that. Um, that's a very Baker response. Uh, and, well, and and hey, you brought this up, and, and we'll a little bit out of order on the questions here, but you brought it up, so I have to ask: How do you feel about the Kareem Hunt situation? Uh, do you think the Browns were wrong to assign him? And even if the answer is no, do you think it was a little too soon? And now that today, I, I know this is breaking news, but today the the sanctions came down. It's, it is an eight-game suspension. Just to talk about, you know, as a fan of the Browns and then as just a human being, how you feel about that. You know, in, in terms of, first off, as, as a human being part uh, standpoint, what Kareem Hunt did, absolutely terrible. Um, that, that, that kind of behavior 
should not be condoned no matter who you are, no matter what kind of rank of a person you think you are. That 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 was just terrible and, and awful. Those actions were indiscusable. Yeah. Um, how, however, uh, with the way that NFL is, and especially just sports nowadays with giving second chances and leniency with second chances, this was going to happen at some point. He was going to sign with a team at some point. And, you know, like he's, what, 22 years old or, I think, 22? He's very young. It's around that. And, I mean, he's hands down one of the best running backs in the league. His talent is, we don't even know where his ceiling is. Right. With the relationship with any other team, I feel like Cleveland made the most sense because of John Dorsey. Yeah, that's the big thing that Josh talked about on one of our last episodes, is that relationship. If there's anybody who knows Kareem Hunt's heart, it would be John Dorsey. Exactly. So, so obviously, yeah, he knows something that nobody else knows. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, yeah, to be honest, I, I, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just another weapon for, for the Browns to use and utilize after eight games. And, and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, both 23 years old, a very young, very talented backfield, regardless of anything else. So I do want to yeah. piggyback off that real fast because you're talking about Chubb. And so, like you just said, Hunt's out for the first half of the year. Obviously, Nick Chubb came up when he got his opportunity. He lit, yeah. lit yeah. that ground on fire. So, James, how do you imagine, we? let's say that Chubb just continues on the pace he had at the end of last year, which was very, very good. So then you get a weapon like Kareem Hunt. There are so many mouths to feed on this offense. How what do you how do you get those guys involved? Yeah, you know, uh, that is definitely a fantastic problem to have. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> when, when the last time the Browns have had a problem like that? <laughs> but, but yeah, that is that's going to be very interesting to see how they utilize those guys, and I think we're going to see a lot more of the wishbone that we kind of saw a little glimpse of last year. It's true. And when when we were using it, it worked. And the only reason why it stopped working is because there was a tipped interception. Um, but whatever. Like So I, I think we're going to see a lot of the wishbone. And I really do think of those two guys are going to be on the field together a lot. That would be and, exciting. It's certainly a problem for defenses. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. As, a, as a Bills fan, I certainly understand the – the uh, idea that the offseason is is the most exciting time as an NFL fan. I, I understand that feeling. But just heading in, you know, the start of this offseason that happened a couple days ago and, and the season coming up and just this team in general, I want to know how different, or if it is at all, how different does this team, this upcoming year, this offseason feel as a Browns fan compared to other years where you were just optimistic and hopeful? I mean, what, is it, what does it feel like as a Browns fan? Yeah, honestly, like it, it, I can't even. Ex- it is so different. It is so so different because yeah, like you said, every every year we're always optimistic because like oh, this is our team. This is this is our passion. But yeah, it's so different because now we are expected and or and respected around the entire NFL. It's true. Being a team to look out for and to be in. Uh, just the fact that we have our franchise quarterback now. Yeah, that's huge. That, that's that been the thing that has been the Cleveland 
curse since we came back is so we have our franchise quarterback and then on top of that obviously the Odell Beckham thing is amazing yeah the biggest one of the biggest weaknesses the Browns had last year was their defensive line yeah and they've already getting Olivier uh, Vernon from New York and then you sign Sheldon Richardson yeah from the Vikings big moves those two guys are studs yeah and, and that's going to fill huge holes that the Browns had on defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they already have so much young talent on that team. So, so it'll be exciting. Um, we, uh, we here on simultaneous catch have talked about the Browns a lot this past year because, uh, I'm kind of a pseudo Browns fan and we, yes. we, we talked about them all year. I was all on the hype train and, and we actually had a fun little, I think it was like week two or three, um, we made a little Baker, Josh made a Baker Mayfield prediction. Uh, Josh doesn't really do like very specific predictions and I forced him into one and yeah. I, I wish we had the numbers in front of me, but he almost nailed exactly the stat line. It was like 13 yards away and like one touchdown more and two t- and an interception less. Like it was wow. that close. So, That's so impressive. I'm not going to ask you to be that specific here, but <laughs> I, I would like, as a, as a Browns fan right now, I understand that it's probably way too early to make any predictions, but just your outlook for the season. Where do you see you guys ending up? Uh, if you want to throw out a record, that's cool. If you want to throw out some stats, that's fine. But just right now, if you had to, to look in the crystal ball, how does the 2019-2020 season end up for the Cleveland Browns? It is, oh man, just the thought of that is just so exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you know what? I'm going to say we are definitely going to break the 17-year streak of not making the playoffs. Okay, okay. There you go. The, the Cleveland Browns <laughs> will be in the playoffs this year. Was it 17 years? 17 years. Well, I certainly know what that's like as a Bills fan. <laughs> yeah. 2002 was the last time the Browns were in the playoffs. Wow. Wild. All right. Derek Anderson. Yeah. So they're going to make the playoffs. Okay. I'm going to go one step further and say that they are going to be the AFC North champions. Okay. Um, And you know what? I'm, I'm going to throw a record out there. Here we All go. Right. Here we I love go. it. I love it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to say a solid 11 and 5. All right. I like that. I, I think that's totally respectable. I That does not... Make me feel like it's a hot take or anything. I don't believe that. No, Solid. None whatsoever. Yeah. So, and, and you know what? One step further. Ooh. We're going to we're gonna win a couple playoff games. Oh, a couple. A couple. Okay. A couple playoff games. All right. So you think you guys are going to be in the in the title game this year? In the championship game. So. All right. Okay. I, I really think... Uh, I really think a ton of pe- people would love to see that. Not just Browns fans. I just think NFL fans would love to see Baker Mayfield playing in a title game. I absolutely believe it. Absolutely. Josh, you got anything else? Oh, no, not question-wise. No. Nope. All right. Well, uh, James, thank you so much for being on. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll post this soon. And uh, we want to appreciate you for being on the show. And Thank you, James. We appreciate hopefully it. Hopefully you can be on during the season, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. All right, cuz. You take care, okay? Have a good day, buddy. All right. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, so that was James Achille, my cousin. Brown's correspondent. We've been trying to get him on for a while, but... He's uh, a busy dude. Yeah, he's an actor out in L.A. 
He's done a lot of really great things. He just just finished uh, premiere for a pilot for a TV show he was in. That's awesome. Uh, he had a big time hair commercial that came up. That was fun. He's he's doing a lot of work. It's a great so, hair. Um, he does have great hair. But so yeah, wish him all the success, and certainly happy that he can enjoy some some Browns news. So you know, leading into free agency overview so far, yeah. it's been. Two and a half days or four or five days, if you consider Monday the actual start of free agency. Pretty much. Um, but uh, a lot of huge moves. A lot of big names moving around. Not just the trades, but Le'Veon Bell picking a new team. Yeah. Uh, Nick Foles picking a new team. Um, uh, I think Le'Veon Bell is probably a good spot to start. So uh, signing with the New York Jets. Uh, I believe a four-year, 50-some million dollar deal. Yeah. Uh, initial thoughts. Initial thoughts, and I should have been a little more prepared for for this particular question because okay. I knew we were obviously going to talk about it. Right. But I can't remember off the top of my head what the initial contract offer was from Pittsburgh I, back before this the holdout really, started. That's a great point because it was about a five-year, $70 million deal. And so a lot of people are freaking out about this on Twitter about how he took a year off to take a pay cut. But... The biggest difference, and I wanted to bring this up, because D'Angelo Williams, former Panthers running back, also former Steeler running back, was talking about this on Twitter. Okay. They were freaking out, saying that, like, you know, he took a pay cut. But the biggest thing here is the Jets gave him $30 million guaranteed. Okay. The Steelers did not. Okay. So even though the deal is about $15 million less than it would have been in Pittsburgh, the... Uh, the Jets guarantee them a whole lot more money. So no matter what, Le'Veon Bell gets $30 million from the Jets right. that he wouldn't have from the Steelers, and that's the biggest point for running backs in the NFL. That makes a lot of sense, so, and I, I appreciate you having that information. I wanted hand. us to make that clear because at first I was like, are you kidding me, Le'Veon? You took a year off and lost $15 million, but the the difference is he's guaranteed 30 even if he broke his leg tomorrow. And that's always what was very important to him. Yes. That's why he came to the defense of Earl Thomas exactly. when all of that happened. And and I know that was very important to him, especially with being one of the most heavily used backs in the NFL yeah. in his time with the with the Steelers. So that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not upset about that. I'm very fascinated to see how it meshes yeah. in New York. I mean, I'm certainly nervous about it. <laughs> Adam Gase will use him. <laughs> if he's going to use him like Kenyon Drake, then I have nothing Never to worry about. <laughs> at all. He's going to sign D'Angelo Williams to come and be the lead back. Yeah, I love so, D'Angelo. <laughs> I mean, D'Angelo Williams is a good guy. I always enjoyed his pinking his hair for his mom. That was cool. I like that. Yeah, it'll be very fascinating to see how he helps Sam Darnold. Yeah. I've seen some people talking about how it's going to be a hindrance to Darnold. Yeah. Uh, kind of bringing in this drama. And we'll see Maybe. if he kind of gets a little more straight-laced now that he does have that team, that guaranteed money, that kind right. of long-term contract that he hadn't had the last two years of right. his life. Yeah. Pretty much per se. So maybe it's going to be a great fit. And we know he's talented. Oh, we yeah. know he'll get the rock a lot. I like some of the moves that the Jets have made, and there are some other that have been a little more head-scratching. But it's going to be yeah. real fun to see what that division looks like. Yeah, I I was, I mean, as a Bills fan, I'm so, like, I am over the moon about the signings that we've had. Very solid, I think. Uh but the Jets have made some really good moves, too. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, Miami's sitting there on a total rebuild. Oh, yeah, Miami's um, in. But the Patriots haven't signed anybody. But that's New England. Which is New England, but still, I mean, 
they, they totally abused the the compensatory pick system. They picked up two third rounders in the last week just because of people who signed. I mean, so I mean, they that's what they do. Yeah. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, I was sitting there thinking Buffalo's doing these things like they're they position themselves to be the number two, the you know the the number one threat to challenging the Patriots finally this year, and then the Jets go out and get. Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley and yeah. for a second Anthony Barr too and then he backed out which was super funny. Which probably helped get Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, but I just think that Anthony Barr woke up one in the middle of the night and was like, I don't want Josh Allen jumping over me twice a year. So. <laughs> you take that from a meme? No. I mean, it's certainly been memes about that but that's not a very unoriginal thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, regardless, uh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, so that's, I think that was one of the, I, I really do think that was one of the better I wouldn't say it's like one of the best moves, but it's one of the better moves. You got to surround your quarterback, your young quarterback, with talent and weapons, and they certainly have tried to do that. They certainly have tried. Yeah. What? So, speak. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. So leading into other things, what are? Oh, I just want to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, I so would really like to know who else was in the playing yeah. field for Le'Veon Bell because he took until the very last minute. He did to do it. Where to the point where New York was like, hey. You have until midnight yeah. to say yes, and if not, we're yanking. They talked it. about that he may go to Oakland. There were late talks. They were that, to like, yeah, there were late talks that Buffalo was in it, Ooh. which freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> I was like, oh, there was a solid five-hour period where I was pleading on Twitter for Le'Veon Bell to come to Buffalo. I was like, just do it, man, just do it. Then he went to the fake New York team, but still, I do have a <laughs> a secret Twitter account and saw oh. and do see all of the. Ridiculous things you post on Shut Twitter. Shut up! <laughs> but I got it to follow because a lot of free agency things do break on Twitter and whatnot. That's funny because I did tweet on Monday. I was like, happy turn on Adam Schefter's tweet notifications week because I, I have his notifications turned on so I can get the breaking news whenever it happens. But there are, like I loved just the craziness surrounding the Le'Veon Bell. Like people oh, are like, yeah. I'm staying up till midnight when I don't want to because I feel like he's going to drop it in his happen. album. Like did you, like all the people were talking about like, we think Le'Veon's just going to say like in, in the album, album yeah. where he's going. <laughs> I mean it happened overnight though, didn't it? Because I feel like I remember waking up to him being on the team. I, I feel not. like well, I feel like it happened like pretty close to that midnight because I because I went to bed and he, he I hadn't did signed. It, I did wake up and woke to the up morning. and he was in New York, so, so. But, or New Jersey. <laughs> so. But regardless, uh, leading into that, so what are what are some of the best moves for you that have happened so far in this early first to second wave of free agency? Yeah, well, I'm gonna kind of go with a, maybe a lazy answer right now, but I do feel like Nick Foles is a home run. I said it yeah. uh, on our cruise episode. I felt like he needed to go to Jacksonville. That's where he yeah. went. He's reuniting with John Filippo, who was his quarterback coach in Philly during the Super Bowl time, so they have a very good connection. I feel yeah. like last year, his time in Minnesota is an outlier. I feel like he is a very intelligent offensive mind, and I think getting that piece together, they're going to run a really great RPO. They have Leonard. Absolutely. Uh, Fournette, and that's going to be a great piece for him. We'll yeah. see what they do with the wide receiver core. But we talked about it, and it you talked about it last year, not off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but you talked about it last year. You thought Jacksonville was going to uh, regress because of the quarterback play. That's that's solved now. Blake Bortles is no longer there. They have a Super Bowl MVP and a leader. No. And so I think that is a knock out of the park. And I, I do think that, I, for me, there's a little bit of doubt. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, it's I'm, fair. I'm a huge Fools fan. There's just that little bit of doubt that maybe the magic was caught 
because it was a you know right place, right time in Philly every time it happened. And I maybe, feel like you can't say that. Maybe it just maybe it just worked in Philly. The right t- you know? place, right time, three times. I said there was only a little. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm saying that there's a little bit of doubt in me that maybe it was just because Philly brought something out of Nick Foles that nobody else could. And I know he only went to to the Rams for like a half a year, mm-hmm. but he wasn't as good there. Well, nobody was good under Jeff Fisher. So. And he was, you know, I think he played a game for the Chiefs, didn't he, or something? Maybe. Probably at some but point. regardless, I there's just a little bit of doubt of, is this going to work? But most of me is, this is a home run. Nick Foles is great. and Love him. He's a great kid. Older than us. But <laughs> he's just, he's, he's solid. And it's it's the perfect move for that team. Because that's what they needed. Yeah. I so, agree. Uh, see, I'll, 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 I want to be like, oh, my best moves are on the Bills. Because I think that they made really good moves. Okay. Um, I mean, you can. Go but for I, it. But I do want to say, I do think one of the best moves is us signing Mitch Morris, the center. Okay. Um. He's the, we made him the highest paid center of the league, so we had to pay money, but you know we had it to spend. But our biggest issues last year were offensive line and wide receiver. And what did we do? We he signed the, the best free agent center in the in the free agency. Then you signed solid tackle, a couple of swing guards, some weapons for Josh Allen to move the chains, and you just you're surrounding your young talent and your young quarterback. With weapons and with support and protection and receivers that will catch the ball, not drop the ball. I think there was a crazy stat about Cole Beasley that he hasn't dropped a pass in like four or five years or something. Say John Brown has had a case of the drops. John Brown has, but Cole Beasley. um, But it's just, I think that was another thing that I was tweeting about Le'Veon was that, can you imagine having Robert Foster and John Brown on the outside burning it so the, the, the... yeah, you said something about like everybody's drops like back. Like you have to be afraid then... of the deep ball and then you just dump it <laughs> off to your Le'Veon Bell. But then I was like, well, LaShawn McCoy can do that. <laughs> um, but again, another one of this is, and we're going to do favorite moves too, not just best ones, but one of my favorite moves is the signing of Frank Gore. Okay. For Buffalo. Because everybody freaked out about it. They're like, oh my God, he's like 35, 36 yeah, years it old. Matter. And I'm like, if you watch the tape on this guy... He did not look like a 30-plus-year-old running back last year for Miami. No, he's an amazing he's player. He's incredible, and he's just a great guy to have. And and, and I'm sitting here thinking, we're going to draft a running back in like maybe rounds three, four, five, and you're going to have that young 20-year-old to sit right between two Hall of Fame running backs d- who are in the top 10, top five in rushing. Yeah. And, oh, I do have – this was going to be a tidbit, but I, I mean, we're talking about Frank Gore. I want to bring up the stat. No, this is really funny. Um, the way this guy words it is very funny. It's, uh, it's on Twitter. Who is it? I'm looking for right now. Uh, his name's Pete Sweeney. Uh, he's a Kansas City Chiefs, uh, editor-in-chief for their, their, uh, fan magazine. It's, he said, your, wait, what stat? Frank Gore needs 522 rushing yards to pass Barry Sanders on the all-time rushing list. So, he's just, he's phenomenal. And that's, that might be my favorite signing Buffalo had because I just think I know that LaShawn's old and he's older, but that's kind of fun. Have the oldest back in the NFL. To well, he certainly, he certainly will. <laughs> but uh, it'll be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, so now we're doing our favorites. I mean, we, we, can still... do, we can still do best or so. I mean, I think we can just do a little bit of everything. Keep okay. going back and forth because there's a lot to talk about because I certainly have head scratchers too. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite signings and. 
going going with my home team is I love the signing of safety safety Adrian Amos. Okay, taking him. We from, are. We are. <laughs> get our Penn State guy. See, the thing is, when we so not that it's aired or anything, but I talked about getting a safety. And I said either Earl Thomas or Landon Collins, and both were heavily connected to Green Bay. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't even know that Amos was a free agent. I didn't know that. I, I don't mean, know they talked why about I didn't franchising know him, but didn't know why it was just not on my radar whatsoever. Yeah. But I love him as a player coming out of Penn State. I know it doesn't mean much, but we have our right. Madden franchise, and that's who we <laughs> we safety. drafted as our safety. <laughs> And I think there's just so much to love about it because yeah. when you when you break down the contract numbers, especially compared to the other big time safeties, a it's a really great solid yeah. offer. And he obviously isn't as flashy as those other guys. He hasn't necessarily have the big time plays and whatnot, but he's just all around reliable oh, yeah. and 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 sturdy. Yeah. And I think that he's gonna bring that to the team. And so what is fun about it to me, because Chicago signed HaHa Clinton Dix, yeah. who obviously spent the latter half of the season in, in Washington, yeah. but essentially it's Green Bay and Chicago traded safeties and Green Bay got a fourth round pick for it. Uh, yeah. And I feel like they got the better player. It's amazing. <laughs> so I feel like that's really cool. And I've, I've been reading a lot of things, and maybe this is my rant, not really. I've been reading a lot of things from... The Chicago standpoint, yeah, and it's amazing how arrogant the organization, not the not the organization, but the Chicago fan base has gotten. Oh, really? Based on their one year of being the Kings, right? <laughs> and they're like, it shows such a some impressive shift of power that they're going to take our guys and overpay when we got their guy for four and a half million. I was like, who cares? We got the better player. It doesn't doesn't matter. And so anyways, I was reading it and just being so utterly calmed down. I do. I mean, I do think Chicago's made a couple nice moves. I think Cordero Patterson signing just to add another gadget player to Matt Nagy's wheelhouse is incredible. But the Green Bay Packers are going to win this division next year, and I have no doubt about it whatsoever. I certainly hope so. I I have done a lot of exciting things. They have made some great, great moves. And I I, I swear to God, now that I know that you follow my they Twitter by a fake account. I'm sure you saw it, but I tweeted. I said, "Save this tweet. The Green Bay Packers are going to be the 2020 Super Bowl champions." Wow! I like. I said, like, I just they added everything that they needed to add, and you still have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and you still have a draft, and they have always drafted super well. So let's go get Jordy Nelson. Back. Go, I honestly, as soon as they released him, I was like, "Give Aaron his guy back. Give just him his do guy. it. Just do it." They won't, <laughs> and that makes me sad. <laughs> well, but there was another thing is apparently, reportedly, they were never in on Antonio or Le'Veon. Which is interesting. Yeah, Most knows. said that they weren't even in real serious talks at all. So, but I mean, obviously, who knows with any of that anymore? But regardless, I just I love what Green Bay has done, and I think that they're right back there. Because as, as much as I do also enjoy some of the moves Detroit has made, I still don't think that they're there. Yeah. Uh, I, again, Chicago will be a tough team always, but they're going to have a first place schedule this year, where they had a third to last place schedule last year. Uh-huh. They benefited from that. Uh, but Green Bay, what did Green Bay finish third? Uh, they did so, finish third. Third, so they're going to have a third place schedule, and their team is way better already. Yeah. So, so that's I love that. But the, one of the biggest head scratchers for me is the entire New York Giants offseason. Interesting, I, because like at first you understand, okay, they're rebuilding because they're moving on from you know they're trading these guys away, they're they're signing younger guys, all this stuff. Okay, you're rebuilding. But then you go inside Golden Tate, 
Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. He's a 30-plus-year-old receiver who very clearly chased the money because he could have gone to contenders like New England sure. or Green Bay even and, and signed with somebody like that for yeah. less money to chase a ring. But he decides to go to New York, who's kind of on fire right now because they're getting rid of everybody. And I get that he's going to get the stats, he's going to get the touches, and he's going to get money. Maybe that's what he did, but I don't see why a team like New York chases a guy like that Who's not going to be a part of your rebuild, really? That's fair. You I know? get it. I understand. That kind of that's that's confusing to me. We haven't you you went on your your exciting rant about yeah. the Cleveland trade for OBJ, and obviously yeah. it's exciting. And I I do want to break some things down, maybe yeah. about that later on. But I think it's a win. I truly think it's a win for both teams. Yeah, I'm not opposed to what New York did whatsoever for a plethora of reasons. So I understand they are entering a rebuild and they're getting ready yeah. for life post Eli. And whether or not yeah. that happens midseason or next year, we yeah. don't know. We don't know if they're going to take that quarterback with one yeah. of those first round picks that they now have. They now have two. Right. So it's a huge win because there. I think it's a huge win for multiple reasons. One, you did get rid of your drama causer. Yeah. You got rid of your drama causer who is... I think for all intents and purposes, really divided that team last year. And we we talked about it, and he talked about wanting to be a leader. And I don't remember necessarily what you said about it, but I know I didn't always agree with the way he was going about doing it. Okay. I remember the game that he ran off the field early, yeah. and that bugged the crap out of me yeah. and, and whatnot. So they got rid of this gigantic drama causer. So yeah. if you're looking to get a rebuild, you're going to want to get guys that follow 100% are into it. Okay. The second reason I think it's a huge win is because you look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers just got for Antonio Brown. That's fair. A third and a fifth round pick. That's fair. You got... I mean, he's five years younger than Antonio. Sure, that's fair. But while both of them are drama cause, OBJ has been spectacular and amazing and consistent, but... There's not a level of consistency at wide receiver the way that Antonio Brown has been. Oh, that's, yeah, he's the for, model of consistency. So, but you get a first round pick. They got a third round and pick. A third round pick. And then you get a safety who probably Solid isn't safety. isn't the same level of Landon Collins, but, but certainly so can be. Safety, and he yeah. he's young and he's developing. And I think he's going to play with a huge chip on his shoulder yeah. after how Cleveland's become this super team. Cleveland didn't want him. He's going to play with a chip on his shoulder big time. So, and then talking about Golden Tate, though. Yeah. So, obviously, while OBJ has sticky as heck fingers, Golden Tate has him, too. Oh, yeah. And he's going to play mean, a lot more underneath. I'm going to doubt the level of talent. Oh, no, no, no. Not, just doesn't make sense. Not what, none whatsoever. <laughs> but especially if you're going to stick with Eli, yeah. you're going to give him the short underneath guys. You yeah. have Sterling Shepard. You have Golden Tate. They're going to be coming yeah. and doing those in routes and That's those slants. True. And while, obviously, OBJ can take a slant and take it 80 yards any time, any day of the week. If you are planning on Eli, Golden Tate is one heck of an Eli wide receiver. I, yeah, that makes sense. And I, uh, somebody put this in a very interesting way on Twitter, just kind of combining because they made two deals with Cleveland. Yeah, and they said so. Overall, the Giants sent Odell Beckham and Olivier Vernon to the Browns for Kevin Zeitler, the guard, Jabril Peppers, the safety, the 17th overall pick, and then the 95th overall pick. And they were like, you know, when you look at it, so he was like, when you look at this as one deal um, all together and you compare it to like what the other receivers were, you know, Amari Cooper's trade, Antonio Brown's trade, Jarvis Landry's trade, 
Um, and consider that the Giants were probably going to cut Olivier Vernon anyway. Yeah. Like, that's a really good combo of moves by Gettleman. Right. So and I think that you have to look at it as one move because most most NFL fans are looking at it and being like, Dave Gettleman, you're an idiot. But really, when you make that combo of moves together, it makes sense that you're rebuilding. And I don't actually – I agree with you. I think that it's good for, for New York and eventually they'll get there. But I'm just looking at a guy like Saquon Barkley who's like – one of the best running backs in the league after his first year has to sit to this rebuild. And then you go inside an older guy. So it's like, you're still trying to compete, but not really because you're rebuilding. Yeah. I know you can turn around fast in the NFL. It's just, you know, maybe they see it in a different way than I do, but it's just a little bit head scratching for me. That's fair. But like you said, Let's talk about the pieces that they got rid of versus yeah. what they got. Yeah. Let's not act like Olivier Vernon is a great player. Oh, yeah. I mean, but let's not act like the last two years in New York, he was anything spectacular. Coming off the free agency really when he signed with from Miami, because he yeah. came on in Miami and I was sad to see him leave. Well, yeah. His him first year, scary. he was, I did, not he like did that. very, very, <laughs> very well. But last year, we were talking about it all the time. What? At least in my opinion, I said, what's the issue in New York? Yeah. It's their offensive line. Yeah. They got one heck of a guard. They did. And so you have one side very, very solid right now. And you're talking about Saquon Barkley. So that's only going to help make him yeah. better. And we'll see what they do in the draft. Right. I think it would be a mistake not to take the quarterback. Yeah. But then maybe at 17, you get another really strong offensive line piece. And you're talking about some a good very quick draft. rebuild. Yeah. On that offensive line. And you can. I mean, it can go real quick, especially when you have a talent like Saquon um, and all that jazz. But uh, So, I'm not I'm not hating what New York's doing whatsoever. I hate it. I just, again, I we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah. Any other favorite moves, best moves, head scratchers? Are there some teams that you really think that need to do a couple other things? Yeah, I have uh, a couple things to say. And I, I want to get your opinion on this one because... Yeah. Not not coming at you, bro. Not Here coming at you. But I am really surprised, not by the signing of Cole Beasley, okay. but the amount of money they gave him for at least definitely last year. Yeah. Two years ago, he put together a pretty good year. But for a slot receiver who is coming off an underperforming season, yeah. who for a quarterback, hopefully this will help add a security blanket, but yeah. hasn't shown the best accuracy underneath. He definitely can launch it. And yeah. I think he, I think Josh Allen has a better deep accuracy than an under short oh, accuracy. I, I think most people would agree with that. Um, so getting a piece like that. Seen almost every snap he's done like five times over. <laughs> <laughs> um, just when he's 30 years old, right? Yeah. Um, 29, something like that. On the back end of his career, when you offer him the amount of money they did, do you feel like that at all was a reach because you had the money to get him? I do think that the Brown, the Brown and Beasley. I think we gave. I love John Brown. I, well, here's because my, I feel like there's anybody that can track an 80 yard bomb the way that Josh Allen oh, throws him. It's him. Yeah. Well, see, here's, well, Beasley's my, not here's my thing about the deal; those two deals specifically, but also all the other deals we made. Is I really think. They're one of my they're one of my favorite Bills reporters. His name is Bradley Gerber. Um, he's a beat reporter, and he always tweets. And he always says, "He said my one rule with deals is wait for the details. You know, wait until they come out, like sure, and see where it is." A lot of those deals are in incentive laden, and not only that, but they're set up as both the Brown and the Beasley deals are basically two year deals, okay, front loaded where they can cut bait right after that and not have to eat any cap. Yeah. So I think one of the best things that 
Brandon Bean does and that really good GMs do is they set up the deals to be team-friendly. Yes, four years, $29 million is a lot of money to give to a slot receiver. A very good one in my opinion, though. A very good one. Okay. But basically, it's a two-year deal, and if he doesn't perform well, he doesn't make nearly that much money, and then we can cut him and move on from him. So that's why I'm not worried about it. If it were four years, $29 million, fully guaranteed, no matter what, then I'd be like, okay, let's calm down a little bit. But – it really could turn out to be a two-year, $15 million deal and he's done. Okay. You know? Uh, but I just, I really think that having seen, because I, I, I did actually, in a weird way, ended up seeing a lot of Cowboys football last year. I mean, they were on Fox, they're typically on Fox a lot, but still, like, I don't <laughs> America's know. America's team. I don't know how I ended up seeing so much Cowboys football, but just Cole Beasley is, is really always open. Like, he really finds his way through the defenses, and I really think that it's, as much as Josh Allen, I don't think he – again, I've been on this since we drafted him, and I will go to my grave defending his accuracy. <laughs> but he's not nearly as inaccurate as some people make him out to believe. Sure. But I have watched YouTube video after YouTube video called Every Josh Allen Drop from two, on 2018. And just seeing all these receivers drop passes, I feel totally confident that – I don't want to say – Beasley won't drop a single one, but I feel confident that 90% of the passes that were dropped last year would not be dropped by Cole Beasley. And that's why I love the signing. Okay. Because he's got great hands and he finds his way open. And his last touchdown for the Cowboys last year was that week 17 game where Dak rolled out on 4th and 10 and hit him at the back of the end zone for the touchdown to win. That's why I lost Pal's pick. Yeah, that was really upset. But no, you lost Pal's pick because you decided to pick the Dolphins even though you wanted to pick the Dolphins. Yeah, but if... If Cole Beasley but, hadn't have made that catch. But regardless, I just so I really love that. And again, I, I love the idea of having John Brown and and Robert Foster right on the outside, just be like, hey, go deep, man. One of like the safety's not gonna be able to take both of you. You know, and then having that underneath Beasley over the middle and Zay Jones over the middle, and then you got Tyler Croft at the seam and and hopefully McCoy out of the backfield being better. So I just I love the way they built this offense and then you know, we still have the ninth pick. I don't think we'll use it on a wide receiver now. So you, so you, I really wanted, I really wanted DK Metcalf. So Metcalf that's what I wanted. Out. I don't think that's, I don't think that's where we're gonna go. It's all right. Let him fall to twelve. Uh, you know, <laughs> but regardless, I, I really, um, I, I think that we've really set, and I am really hoping we sign Ziggy Ansah. I know he was in Buffalo yesterday. Was he? Yeah. I did not know that. He has two visits with Buffalo, and he just went to New Orleans today. Okay. So he's going to pick between those two teams, and I would, I like, I don't care if we have to pay him a, a decent amount of money. I would love to sign Ziggy, and if we, if we got that, I'd be like, all right, done with free agency. We have a chunk of change left. If we need to make moves in at other times, and then we have ten draft picks. Like I love that. Okay. But uh, I know that I went further into that than That's the okay. question was. But okay. overall, back to the question, I, I'm not actually that upset about the Beasley signing. I think that it was – I think uh, it, it's a general look at it. It looks like a little bit too much money for a slot receiver. But when you look at the details of the deal, it's actually not as bad as you would think. Fair. So – one other thing I wanted to talk about, yeah. uh, especially kind of saying like they need to do more, is yeah. what the heck Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, I, like see, this is the team. I actually I think want next I, to. Oh, I wanted you to talk about this too, though, because for me, I was like, well, they don't really need to make a lot of moves. I know, I know, they gave Funchess the. I like that. Deal, I like that pickup, which is about like nine to ten million dollars plus incentives. incentives. Um, which is very smart. It's and a they good, resigned their own guys. And they resigned their own guys. And whatnot. 
Uh, and they still have a decent amount of draft picks. So, I mean, I guess I want the GM to talk about it. Yeah, see, but I, I find it so puzzling because we were talking and you were throughout the entire course of the year talking about like 140 million in cap <laughs> indy was right there too right and for a team that was so highly doubted upon with with your talent level yeah. and, and whatnot bringing in just one or two of these things yeah. one of these pieces to continue building just continues to add to oh man yeah. indy is legit and we can't sleep on them again and we've seen what andrew luck coming back so doing so very little i think they've had three signings two are their own guys yeah. and then the devin funches which i like devin funches coming in to play number two to ty hilton that's great that's cool and there's I also think. still a lot of free agents left there is bigger names but i just feel like when you have that money you have that flexibility it's not hurting your organization right. to go out and get just something for flair, for having that star player. It's also a little scary because, I mean, that division is so tough. And we just talked about you add Nick Foles to Jacksonville and right, they're there again, yeah. you know? And even though you're not big on Tennessee, Tennessee has made some moves too to shore up the defense a little bit more. And I don't think Ryan Tannehill is leading them anywhere, but they make a trade. To I mean, Marcus gets hurt every year. To so. give Marcus Mariota some competition. And I would, I certainly, it's competition. I would certainly say that you know, Ryan Tannehill's a much better backup than Blaine Gabbert, who was just cut today, actually. <laughs> but regardless, I you know, that, that division is right there. And, it like, these teams are going to fight. And you're right. I, it does give you some pause to think, Indy, I, you can't really just rest in your laurels here. These other teams are getting better. Right. I don't know if they're trying to pull a Patriots where they're like, we have our guys. Right. We want to retain just, those yeah. guys. See what we've done. And we just keep coaching them up. We have the talent in-house yeah. and whatnot. And that's cool. But... When you just have yeah. all of that to play with. But honestly, who are we to doubt Chris Ballard at this point? I mean, not, not whatsoever. You know, he just did incredible things and maybe he drafts two more All-Pros with his first two picks. Probably will. But regardless, but... I, you're right, that is a team that I have looked at. But th this was something that uh, Adam Schefter pointed out on NFL Live a couple days ago. He said, 31 teams have signed players. The only team that hasn't signed a free agent yet is the New England Patriots. Wow. That's incredible. The only team in the NFL. I love those memes where <laughs> it's like Bill Belichick. Drinking orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> Just like sitting there waiting for it. It's like, I'm going to sign the guy, the cashier bag boy from Walmart. <laughs> He's going to lead the league in touchdowns. It's so oh, sadly true. Oh, I do want to say, I do want to say though, another one of my favorite moves was the Baltimore Ravens getting Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram. Yeah. I, I, and this was another one of my, my fun tweets that I had. I said the the Baltimore Ravens just had the ultimate not so fast signings because not a lot of people are going to really pay attention to that. But I think Baltimore was looking at that and they saw everything Cleveland did. They said, ah, not so fast. We're sure. signing Mark Ingram and the best safety in the market, and we're going to go. Like we're okay. And I think that I really think that I I think that it's between the two of them for the division, and I think that they're going to battle all year. Okay. I I think it's be a lot of fun. I hope that it comes down to one of those games between Lamar and Baker at the end of the year. But Lamar led the number one rushing attack late in the season with Gus Edwards. Imagine what he can do with Mark Ingram thrown into the fold, too. Absolutely. So I think Baltimore had the ultimate, ah, let's slow down, guys, moves. I really love those two moves. There you go. Anything else you want to talk about if we move on? We can move on. All right, so we haven't had a bigger than football in a while. And this one made because me... I kept asking you for months if this, you had your thing about the before one, you painted. That's and right. You're like no, I I just couldn't find more information about it. 
I don't want to be unprepared, but uh, I don't know if I should play. It's a two-minute video. I don't know if I should play the video or not, but Kimberly Jones, she's with NFL Network. Uh, she's a Penn State alum, actually, uh, but she's a reporter, and uh, she used to kind of still does the pressers in, in New York for the Giants and the Jets, and uh, she sent a personal note to Odo Beckham. She was on an interview, and she talked about how she used to be the reporter in the locker room, especially when he was a rookie and like he was injured most of his rookie season, but then yeah. nobody would talk to him and she would go over and talk to him um, about all this stuff. And most people who don't know this, I, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but a little while ago, Kimberly Jones, the reporter was diagnosed with, with a degenerative disease. Um, and it was very emotional. It was very tough. And, and she battled through, through it and just recently came back to NFL Network. Yeah. Um, and she talked about this relationship that she developed with none other than Odell Beckham Jr. And about how, like, he was the first one to text her when everything went went, went awry. He was like, he's like, I'll be right there. I'm waiting for you to be the one that, that asks me the questions after the games. And, like, this just how they developed this this kinship and respect where she was the only reporter who would talk to him when he was injured and how he'd talk about how, you know, he didn't think Tom Coughlin got him, but that Kim was like, hey, did you think about, like, just talking to him and telling him that, like, this is struggling too? And then she, like, he was like, and then he wouldn't talk to him and then their relationship was great after that. And, and then it was just so, like, she tweeted this in, in this video and then Odell responded and said, Kim, I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me in my career. The side convos, the real life convos, I love you so much. Always in your corner and rooting for you. We're blessed to still have you in this world. Uh, smile, uh, this ain't a goodbye. My phone will always work for you. There you go. And just that, it's just one of those moments where it's like, this is why sports and football are so important and they mean so much. And that this, this sport is so much bigger than it is. Than, than the game itself. It's just, I mean, this is a sideline reporter whose their job is literally just to ask these people questions and then she developed this relationship with a wide receiver who's who has this image of being a diva and being selfish and not caring about himself. And in this video, and uh, I'll tweet it from our simultaneous catch account, yeah. but in this video she says, she says, there's this perception about Odell that's not really who Odell is. She said that the New York media wants to, and the media want to perpetuate all the bad things he's done and all maybe the mistakes he's made that she says admits that he owns up to. Yeah. But she's like, you don't understand the real Odell and the kind of heart that he has for human beings and for football. And I just, it really got to me when, when they, I was watching it live when, when she was talking about it and I just, it was, it, it made me emotional, but it's just so cool to see that side of somebody that you don't, you know, people say Odell Beckham, they're like, oh, he's a diva, but it's just, He's so much more than that. And it's just the relationship between a player and a reporter that no doubt had a very strong impact on her battle with the disease that she had to fight through. Yeah. It was just, it's incredible. Yeah, I think it is very eye-opening and kind of makes you take a step back. Even I was talking about Odell earlier and I was talking about the yeah. antics on the field, but yeah. I think that's such an important key is to think about how these players are football players on the field. Yeah. And then they live lives with, with family and friends yeah. and people around them when they leave the hashes. Yeah. And they impact people and they have relationships where people depend on them or they show weakness to other people. Yeah. And that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It was it was really awesome and it was fun. And I uh, again, I'll share the, 
the link because I think it's very important. But it was just it was also so cool that Odell shot right back and was like, "I love you," and I'm I'm always in your corner. Yeah, that so is cool. cool. Um, but yeah, bigger than football. Love it. First uh, of the season. Yeah. So, uh, kind of a look ahead to the draft now. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, God. you and I will be doing simultaneous catch live. Gonna try our darnest for the NFL draft. Uh, try our darnest. Be a lot of fun. But uh, just, I mean, we don't have to go into too much crazy detail here, but just kind of your overall thoughts. What do you think it's going to look like, you know, trades that might happen, players you might think might surprise, you know, what certain teams need to do, just anything really. Yeah, it's going to be, the draft's one of my favorite times of the year, and it's going to be very interesting because I feel like we have a lot of potential moving pieces where you can't ever forecast that, obviously. Yeah. But... There are, at least off the top of my head, and I could be wrong if I actually went back and fact-checked it, but there seem to be so many more teams with multiple first-round picks this year compared to in recent memory that I can think of. That's fair. And so I think those teams might be moving up or maybe they're going to move down because other teams are going to want to get back in those things. And so I think all of the moves that we've seen thus far in, in free agency and trades is only going to continue once draft time really starts yeah and i i really love it i don't know how you feel about it i think the nfl truly is recognizing itself as a business that needs to be more mainstream because this offseason and i can think of last year because we went a little nuts with free agency and the trades before that as well but i really feel like the nfl is becoming or embracing more of the NBA trade style where it's like bit. no one is necessarily safe. Like there are articles that I saw where like these guys can't be traded. Like they're <laughs> locked in yeah. and probably, but I think it's fun to know like it's just always working and moving. And I think that's exciting. I, mean, I think that I do. I hope that it doesn't move too much to the NBA because as much as I love basketball in the NBA, I don't love the idea that anybody is expendable in the NBA, that you could just move on from anybody at any point of the time. And I love that the NFL has at least showed more than the NBA, that they've shown more loyalty to the players. Um, But I mean, you know, Kay Adams on Good Morning Football said it the other day where she was like, the winner of this free agency so far has been the fans. She's like, because, you know, there there were names that moved around last year, of course, but... You know, those were names like Sam Bradford and Case Keenum and the big signing was Kirk Cousins and all this stuff. She was like, this is Le'Veon Bell. This is Antonio Brown. Like, these are huge names that are deciding to move yeah. and go and be traded and sign contracts elsewhere. There's huge names. And I don't think it's going to stop. I really think the draft's going to be wild. I think there's going to be trades galore. Like, I mean, there were three or four trades in the top ten last year with, with Buffalo and New York and, you know, all those people. So... So, yeah, I, I think that the draft's going to be really great. Um, the Bills don't have to use all 10 draft picks on an offensive lineman anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> totally new plan from Sam Rossi. But, uh, yeah, I think it's cool. And I, I was going to say, I forget what we were talking about the other day, but I mentioned a trade to you or, or, or a releasing, and you were like, I mean, he wasn't really doing that great anyway, so they had to move on, whatever. And I was like, you really do snap into GM lapping mode real quick. Where we're like we're just enjoying the season, and then I'll mention something, and I'm like I'll be the emotional guy. I'm like, oh my god, they got rid of him. And you'll be like, 
he needed to move on anyway. We're needing another guy. I was like, all right, GM Lappy. <laughs> oh, you're talking about we were playing Madden. We were playing. I forget what it, it was. It was Jimmy Graham. It was Jimmy Graham. Because moved past the trade deadline and I oh, told yeah. you I wanted to trade. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, boom, GM Lapping. Let's move on. <laughs> yes, we do have a joint Madden team where Adam is the coach and plays the games and I do the GM work because we're that cool, so... And we're we locked up the division. We do. We're so we have we're in week seventeen. Looking forward to the playoffs. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. <laughs> Adam has continued to go back to Case Keenum many Listen, times. Come back. GM Lapping hasn't approved. It, hey, the, but he came back healthy and he's the backup now. So <laughs> regardless, uh, I do have a couple cold reads. I don't know. If All know. right, let's do it. My first cold read is I. Well, I've been dying to ask you this question. Ooh. It's come up multiple times, and I've tried to steer the conversation away from it. Okay, I didn't want to talk about it to now. Who is going to be the Week One starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? Oh, Tannehill was just traded to, yeah. to Tennessee for a fourth round pick in yeah. 2020, and then they swapped sixth and seventh round this year. Uh-huh. But they're who? It's uh, Jake Rudock. And uh, I, I don't even know who the other quarterback is on their roster right now. I don't even know if David Fales is still on the team. But regardless, who is going to be the week one starter? I feel like it is going to be Rudock. Yeah? Uh, really? Yeah, I do. Okay. Not that it means anything. It does. Right, but still, it's fun. And uh, <laughs> I, I sincerely hope they don't target a quarterback early in the draft. In the I don't want them. Okay, you don't want, want the you quarterbacks. Want, uh, Tua I do or, want Tua. I or, also... Really like, uh, yes, who I'm completely blanking on his name right I now. I want to say it's Herbert, but I... Yes, it is. It's yeah, Justin, Herbert. Justin Herbert. Like him a lot, too. So I'm okay with it, like, and maybe like that's the lame, non-fan thing to say. But we've talked about it before. Yeah, but they I, gave Flores a five-year contract for a reason. Right, and we did talk <laughs> about that uh, on our unreleased secret episode right now. <laughs> vacation episode. Um, it will be out, hopefully. Maybe you guys listen to that before you listen to this one. Yeah, the whole regime right now seems to really be behind the kid. Uh, I don't know very much about him at all. I know he came from Detroit. Uh, played, in, played in Michigan, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't actually have a ton of information to say no, about it fine. because I, just, I don't know. I know so little. I at first, know if you thought I they thought, were sign somebody. Or... I mean, I thought they were going to go for Tyrod yeah. Taylor, and then I was behind that. I said he's solid. He'll bring a veteran leadership. He probably still won't succeed that much with the talent they're surrounding him with, which I'm okay with. Um, but I at least liked the presence in, in the yeah. locker room and having that veteran quarterback leadership. I thought the same thing about Teddy, although I really like Teddy Bridgewater, and I want to see him actually become a legitimate long-term starter. And New Orleans said he's their guy. And I think that's really cool, and I feel like it is very... I respect the heck out of Teddy Bridgewater for making that decision, not taking the more money right now, putting himself in a better position, better long-term position, because I think that's something where people in today's society, the today's age, like we He's feel such pressure to be like, well, we got to do what's best for us right, right now. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm going to take the long-term approach. I'm going to think about way. my life, the long-term thing. I mean, yeah, you get to step into that offense when Drew's done. And so and we don't really know even what that's going to be. So maybe so things we'll will change. But right. yeah, and I think Somebody Miami's just going to be, you know, that 2-14 and 14 team. <laughs> and then we'll find Somebody out. did say online. They were like, it's going to be really funny when Ryan Fitzpatrick has to play Buffalo twice this coming year. <laughs> that could happen. And, and New York Jets. That, oh, God. <laughs> you know? He's a free agent. It's magic. Let's win the first two year, the first two games and then be so funny. lose everything. It's I okay. would not like it. But, and then 
Next year he'll sign with the Patriots when Tom gotta, Brady's you done. Gotta complete and he makes circle. the AFC. But, gotta complete uh, the circle. I wanted to ask you that question so bad because I I sat there too and uh, so I really want to find it because it's not it's Jake Rudolph and somebody else and I actually I do actually like Jake Rudolph. I've seen him uh, play a couple times in the preseason because you know I'm a preseason junkie. Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh, oh, where is this? Because it said uh, traded quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Um. Huh. Brock and roll. Because he's not under contract anymore, no, he's is not. he? I didn't think so. Um, but I also, I really do like David Fales as a quarterback yeah. prospect. I don't think he's the guy that goes and, and he did start leads your team and, and wins a bunch. But I do like his innate attributes. And yeah. so I wouldn't be upset. I don't think he's under contract. But if he was there, maybe he competed. I'm not sure. Like I said, he probably won't be brought back. I think it's very fascinating to see what this regime is doing with talent. Right. Uh, and and their acquisitions, their re-signings, their departures. I'm very very sad about Cameron Wake. I knew he was probably. I, really, I want to get your thoughts. I on that knew too. he was going to be. Did most he likely, he is in Tennessee, so he's hanging out Big with Ryan Tanhill still. That makes me sad though, because yeah. I knew more than likely we were going to be saying goodbye to him. Okay. But I didn't want to see him go to Tennessee. God, I wanted to go somewhere and be like, yeah, Cameron Wake, I want to see you succeed. And I still want to see him do well, but I don't think he's going to do anything in Tennessee. I don't understand why you don't like Tennessee. I just don't so, think they're, you're they're not so going to. You're so against Tennessee. I'm not against Tennessee, but they're they're the same thing as the Dolphins. They do kind of well, but not good enough. And I wanted to see Cameron Wake go win a Super Bowl ring. This is bugging me that I can't find this, because I was literally looking at this when it happened. Tennessee is now going to be the Super Bowl winner next year, just because I said that. Wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> oh, yeah, right here. Somebody said, can't wait for Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins to play the Bills twice this year. Perfect. <laughs> oh, right here, Luke Falk. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was they were, he's a rookie. I didn't know that they drafted him last year. They It was late. But, uh, yeah. I would rather uh, fail. That's the other quarterback. Anyways. Yeah, all right. Well, I digress. Second question. Okay. Uh, better trade. When you give me the better trade. Okay. Odell to Cleveland, AB to Oakland. Well, for who? The better, like, for the team that got the receiver. For the team that got the receiver, I... I guess both ways. You could tell me both. Well, the better trade is absolutely New York. Okay. You got a better okay. player. You got better picks. It's yeah. by okay. far better than what Pittsburgh got for Antonio okay. Brown. I'm going to I'm going to say though I do feel like Oakland benefits more okay. from having Antonio Brown and All that's right. because they didn't have an Antonio Brown last year. That's true. Cleveland showed they can move the football without, without Odell. Odell. Yeah. It's going to help for certain. He oh, yeah. is a generational player. He's amazing, but I think Oakland benefits better. They're going to win more than 4 games because of Antonio <laughs> Brown being there. I really thought they were going to get Bell, and I was like, wow, they're going to really get these two offensive like all weapons. those things about, like, they were going to get Bell and defensive players they were gonna and get ready draft to Kyler win Murray. the division. <laughs> so I digress. Actually, I do want to delve more deeply into this, though. Okay. And this will be something that we talk more about in the offseason, I, I have no doubt. Yeah. But we talked to James, and I want to get your take on it because yeah. you are that pseudo Browns fan. What are your expectations now for the Cleveland Browns? I really, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm with them. I do think that, I don't know if I'm ready, which is interesting because I was ready to say it last year. I don't know if I'm ready to say division champs yet. Ooh. Because uh, I'm really, like, I'm really believing in Baltimore. Okay. I really, like, and and I not, I don't think Pittsburgh or Cincy are playoff bound next year. I don't. Okay. 
But I think both of them are going to be way more competitive than people give them credit for. I think that that division is going to bloody each other up a lot. Yeah. And as much as I am, as if I, if I'm picking percentages, obviously my money would be on Cleveland right now. Okay. But I really think people need to slow down a little bit because I think Baltimore is right there still. I know they lost a lot of talent and a lot of defensive players, but they still have a lot of other young talent. They've got some nice draft picks, and I'm telling you, the signing of Mark Ingram and, um, sorry, Earl Thomas are both huge. Sure. So, so we'll see what happens. But I'm not, I'm not ready to crown Cleveland. Right I now. think that's wise. I'm <laughs> nervous as heck for Cleveland right now because now they have, they never had this sort of expectation. They've never had this expectation. They have always, and no pun intended, they've been the underdog, which yeah. they are no longer. They have all the expectations of winning that divisional crown yeah. because of what they've added and what their rivals have lost. Yeah. Those subtractions, I think, are huge. And I do agree with you. I think the Earl Thomas signing is amazing. Yeah. I kind of love the pedigree of safety that Baltimore has enjoyed yeah. since they, they go from Ed Reed to Eric Weddle to Earl Thomas. They've always <laughs> yeah. had that center fielder that is so darn physical and amazing. I think that's, that's neat. And I think it's cool that since Baltimore's been around that they've have always been known for that. Yeah. But they're having a first-time head coach who spent a half a season as a coordinator. Yeah. He's going to be dealing with all of these different pieces and say what you will, but there will be some semblance of drama. Yeah. When you get Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, you're going to have Baker who does have that sneaky, arrogant swagger. And regardless, and of, whether or not, what, but, regardless of whether or not they all want to be there together is irrelevant. At some point... One of those guys is going to be like, something's not going the way I want it Absolutely. To. <laughs> and so we'll see how how a first-time head coach, I like I said earlier on, uh, I don't even know when I said it, I guess obviously after the, the hiring, I feel like Freddie Kitchens was hired a year too soon because they didn't want him to get away. They kind of pulled that New England free agent thing where they got rid of a guy a year too soon. They hired Freddie Kitchens a year too soon because they wanted to make sure he was theirs. They secured their guy. Yeah. Secured their guy. And I feel like he is a very intelligent offensive mind. But now you're going to be doing something completely different, yeah. have a lot more responsibilities, and they have expectations. Yeah. And it's a team that, unless you're going back to the beginning of the NFL, have never been that ever, right? And so, it's going to be You're right. I, fascinating. And I think people need to give more credit to continuity and John Harbaugh in Baltimore. I really do. Uh, well, in Pittsburgh, so in Pittsburgh too, because I mean, they again they did they, they signed Dante Moncrief, and I think they signed another wide receiver too. Who did they get Moncrief? They, they did. Moncrief. They, yeah, they got Moncrief, and they still have James Conner. They still have uh, Juju Smith Schuster. They still have James Washington, who I think is a stud. Yeah. I don't, uh, I I, don't know, I forget who he played for last year. It was this. It was Mason Rudolph's team. Um, uh, uh, but regardless, you know, I, I they still have a ton was of that weapons. Not James Conner. What? Wait, are you saying James Rudy, Washington? The Rudy, yeah, I'm sorry. Did are you saying? Were you trying to think of their college team? Yeah, wasn't it with Mason Rudolph? Yeah, wasn't it like Oklahoma State? Yes, that's what it was. They both played for the same team, and I'm saying because. Mason Rudolph's also on their team oh, as okay. their backup, and I think that he needs. I, I really love Mason Rudolph. I know I you liked too. him too. I did very much. Uh, but regardless, you know, I, that division is not an easy win. And, and again, I like since he did start five and two last year. True, they have a lot of talent on that team, and I do think that you know, of the, you know, uh, Sean McVay tree coaching hires that's the one that i'm most worried about sure but he's still a very talented young 
coach and yeah. he was part of that offense. So like do not count them out either. So I just I don't think it's a slam dunk yet. I think that they're right there, but I'm not ready to say that. Yeah. So. I know when the <laughs> the Earl Thomas trade or like signing rumor was going around, I said oh, if they do like, get him, that's as that's... close to a Madden dream team that you get. I know, right? <laughs> Regardless, I'm glad he went to Baltimore. I'm glad uh, that Cleveland didn't get that last Again, they were like, piece, not so fast. Uh, like but that. regardless, uh, do you have any cold reads at all? Yeah, I, I do have two. I'm okay. glad that you didn't include that as one because I do have two things I want to say. The first one, the second one is kind of big. and I don't know if we'll wrap our head around it. Maybe we will. So the first one is more simplistic. And we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Because obviously we're all pretty on board with their offense. And we know yeah. they're high-flying. They're going to be most more than likely top five. Yeah. They got rid of a heck of a lot of defensive talent. They did. Getting, releasing Justin Houston, who yeah. I love. He's not signed yet. Green Bay, go get him anyways, even though you have your brushers and <laughs> get more pressure. Trade D Ford. Yep. Cut Eric Berry. Yep. I can't even think of another move, but I feel like there but was they another did significant sign Honey Badger. One. That's true. They and did. They also signed. I'm sad they didn't just keep both of those players. Too. Yeah. I did know, they right. sign Roby? Like, who? Bradley Roby? Yeah. Did they? Yes. Okay, I didn't see so that. Did, I knew he was get, visiting. They did get secondary. Help. Okay, well, that's good. But anyways, you trade your two true, starting rushers and yeah. a leader who maybe not on the field, but I mean, he's always yeah. been a leader of that organization, Barry. Does this impact how the Chiefs play? I mean, their defense wasn't what carried them before, right. but... They, I mean, they won 12 games last year? I think so. I think I the Chargers win this division next year. <laughs> I mean, so, I would love it, but... Uh, I really... I still think Kansas City's an 11-12 win team. Yeah. I'm more on Ooh, the 11 so wins. Still a tight battle there. I do think that they're... I, I do think that they're 11, and I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped that sixth game late in the season and are a 10-win team. Yeah. Um, but the AFC just got so much tougher. Like, so many AFC teams have loaded up in this yeah. season so far. So that'll be the, the race for the fifth and sixth seed are going to be insane next year. Um, I'm terrified as a Bills fan because I don't think <laughs> I don't know if at this point we have enough firepower to get there. <laughs> you said you're going to win the division. We'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, but regardless, I do think I do think Kansas City. I, I, I not so much a step back in terms of you know they're not going to be as they're not going to be good, but I don't think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes fifty touchdowns MVP. Season, I really think that teams are going to figure it out a little bit, and maybe he has thirty touchdowns, which is still a lot, but it's twenty less than he had this year. Yeah. So I do think there's just a major step back statistically, um, but I still think they figure out and they're right there in a the mix at the end. Uh, but I do think the Chargers win that division, and I think a big reason is because they're not going to be able to rush a lot of people unless they get some huge guys on in the draft. But I don't see that either. And also, um, this is kind of breaking news, but Ooh. now there's an issue with Tyreek Hill. That just came out. An issue? Like, I I, I, was, I I was trying to look at it as we were talking, but as I was scrolling through trying to find the other stuff, like, uh, he's under investigation for alleged, like, battery and assault oh, right now. Say that. Happened so, in college. Uh, it, so. it, says, it says Tyreek Hill under investigation for child abuse and battery and assault. Oh, my. So this is kind of breaking news right now. But, I, so, I mean, we don't have to sit here and talk about that, but... Well, if that's true, no good. There's a lot of stuff coming up. Especially, I mean, if it is new, I mean, well, I mean, it have to be because he had his child since that happened in college, but he did enter the league with those things surrounding him. And again, it's alleged and we don't know anything, but that's a huge cloud 
So <laughs> certainly could <laughs> be. My last question, and this one we kind of talked about this uh, last week in a way, but I what made me really want to bring it up is when you were talking about uh, the Buffalo contracts, how they yeah. structured them for like those one and two year kind of things. Yeah, Green Bay did the same thing. And I, I, I did find this article, which I found fascinating. I don't know. I think it's pure speculation. Yeah. There, there's no trueness to this yet. Yeah. But they said when looking at these contracts, a lot of them are being built that way. I think it's intelligent from just a financial standpoint. Yeah. But they were also talking about how there are some very low rumblings and some just very not major right now, but some nerves going around the league about how when we get to 2020 and beyond that the AAF, who is obviously turning it on, and we talked about it last week how you were like, I think it's a great aid, and I think right now it is, but I feel like it would be silly for the AAF not to want to become the primary football league to take over and be the new number one guy. I read this article saying how there could be some some issues as these things continue to become more popular where the league might be finding itself in some trouble. I know we talked about it, so I just want to get your your voice on this show saying your opinions on that, if there could be, because I think it's real fascinating thinking about how teams are structuring their contracts like yeah. this now where they're not locking things up because there could be some trouble down the line. See, I don't, uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't discredit the possibility of trouble but I don't actually ever agree with the idea that they want to become something bigger than the NFL or the NFL. Yeah. I really think that the AIF knows what they are and they know that their best shot at being sustainable success is being the farming league for the NFL. Because I don't think anybody can overtake the NFL. I think that if anything overtakes the NFL, it'll be the fact that the NFL fails and just goes away, which I don't see happening ever. So I, I Maybe really, down the road. Maybe at some point down the road. But I'm saying that I really don't see another league coming up and saying – we're going to do this better than you, even the AAF, which is fun. And I've watched some of the games and I've watched the highlights and it's a lot of fun to have football that's actual football. I mean, it, you you watch it, it doesn't feel like it's not real football. Sure. So, I mean, it's fun to watch and it's good to have, but I just, uh, I, I just don't see anything like that happening. And I don't see the contract stuff as big of an issue because the money's in the NFL. It's not in the AAF. The only the thing that would have to happen for something like that to shift would be some people with major money would have to jump ship to the other league. Yeah. They would have to leave. And then you would have to have major star power jump ship as well. So, I mean, that's a lot to happen. It's just it's not something that I see as that big of a threat right now. Yeah. I, I'm not, not discrediting. Oh, no, no, no. It. It's not crazy, but I just – I don't see that right now. I don't see it necessarily either. Yeah. But – if there is a league, like, this has been done before. Yeah. This has been attempted before. Many and there times. has not been anything that's caught on so quickly. I mean, people, as, love, people do love it. People <laughs> love it. And I've seen people talking online being like, this is better than the NFL. I like the rules. They leave the refs out of it and they there do are, this and that. There are, a lot of different, there are a lot of rules that are different that I actually like as well. But see, that's the interesting that people say that because in my head, I see it as... If it's the farming league, it's where we're shopping these new rules. And if they work, we'll apply them to the NFL. That's how I see it. Maybe that's not the way it really is. But to me, I see 
you know, they have different rules for like onside kicks. They don't do kickoffs. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 you know, have all these things like it's a conversion on fourth and whatever, sure. uh, which is actually kind of cool. Isn't 12. It's something, but at times I think that it doesn't work because if you give the chiefs a fourth and 12, just go for onside every time, you know, but regardless, I, so I do you see can only do that once per game. Let, let's attempt, you know, to make it better. And so I, I, I see it as that way instead of let's be the league that everybody goes to instead of, you know. I just don't think it's as crazy. Yeah, well, if, I mean, we'll see. If, if there's one to five smart, not smart, let's just say billionaires that listen to people yeah, I mean, and they see the popularity and they're like, you know what, I'm going to try this. I said you need, you need, you and if need you do money get to jump that, ship. If you do get that. That's, that's what it will ta- take. It will take money to jump ship and stars to follow. Regardless, we love the NFL. Uh, I mean, I do too. Uh, I I have a five second question. Okay. It's kind of mean, though. Oh, yikes! Because it's a little now. Too, I'm so anxious, but I really want to do it. Okay. So I, so we'll give you we'll give you we'll give you ten seconds. I'm so nervous. It'll give you ten seconds. Is it about me personally? No, no, no. It's about the NFL. But right now, as we sit here, March fifteenth. Give me the division winners. Oh, God. That's so much pressure. I, I know. Even, that's why I said. How is it mean? Oh, it's mean because it's difficult. I'm forcing you. <laughs> it's mean because it's difficult. It's difficult. Uh, I don't even have a list. Okay, so. Right, give me the AFC North. The AFC North. Uh, now this, we just destroyed a whole thing that I'm going to go about, but I'll just back it up later. It's, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, let's do the AFC East. The AFC East. Uh, it's still New England. AFC West. AFC West. Uh... I'm going to go Chargers. Okay. AFC South. AFC South, I do feel like it's going to be Indy. Okay. NFC South. NFC South, New Orleans. NFC uh, North. NFC North, Green Bay. NFC East. Whew, that one's so hard. Uh, that had me, I've thought about it a lot. I'm going to go, I am going with, with Dallas. Okay. And then uh, the West, right? Yeah, NFC West. Yeah. Uh, that one's fascinating as well. It is. Ooh, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with my gut and once again say Seattle. Okay, cool. So it's kind of me. Thanks for breaking that down. It's me. really tough. Me, I just, but I really think I, I, I want to be like, why have you I not just, talked to me this week? Well, but I right. No, I just I I like I like talking about that as early as now because it'll be fun to look back and be like, because when we ask each other those questions when we do our season predictions, like sure. in August, we'll be able to say that like, wow, this total like my opinion is totally different now. You yeah. Know? Um, and I think it's also like we, when people ask to make predictions, we get too much time to think about it. It's really kind of a gut, <laughs> gut thing most yeah. of the time. Um, because Charlie and I did it, and we went through real quick what we thought right now. Okay, and so I dig it. Fun. You don't get to, you don't have to tell me yours. What the heck. I mean, I can if you want. Yeah. Uh, I said uh, uh, the Patriots, the Raven, the Ravens, um, the Chargers, and the uh, Titans. Yeah. Uh, and then I said, and then I said the 49ers, Ooh, um, I like that. the Packers, um, the Falcons okay. and the Washington team. Oh, I, I, that was the one I knew you were going to have a reaction to. <laughs> I, they resigned. The Washington they, team. They God. resigned, they resigned Adrian Peterson. They, did. they have Darius Geis coming back from injury. 
Case Keenum's way better than people give him credit for ever. Kind of. And they have some nice draft picks. I just, I think that, I think that the whole entire NFC East is just a fire. And every once in a while, one of them puts on a Kevlar jacket and gets to walk through it. And it just keeps swapping in and out, in and out. And I will say this, uh, you know, that that's not an official prediction and we will make those in August. But uh, out of like the five or six years that I've been seriously making predictions with my friends, this is the one division that I've actually never gotten wrong. Okay. I know that that's a silly thing to say. But I mean, I have, that's impressive because it's different every year. I have so. never picked that division wrong. And I was on Dallas all year last year. Yep. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. And I may very well change that in August. But right now, I, I really actually believe well, in the Washington you Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> It's not going to be Josh Johnson now. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask you my five-second question. Oh, good. I love it. <laughs> uh, and it is kind of, we didn't talk about this necessarily per se with free agency, but most underrated free agent signing. Most underrated yeah. free agent signing. Like the best, but no one's talking about it. It's not like that big a deal or, or whatnot. My, uh, my answer is so I can't easy. say Frank Gore. <laughs> I have mine right away. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, what's it? It's Tevin Coleman. Oh! Going back. See, that was going to be Shanahan. one of my head scratchers. Really? No, I mean, they have Jerry McKinnon and uh, Matt Breda. You throw Tevin Coleman in there. Tevin Coleman reuniting with Shanahan, who had his one okay. of his best That's years true. with Shanahan. And he's big. He is... I, mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just was... He brings all the skills of Jerick McKinnon, but brings more body durability. That's fair. That's fair. I, again, I, I really think that... San Francisco is going to win the division. So. I mean, that'd be cool. D Ford says he's going to be the Lamborghini. They made such. Oh, that's that's a great that's a great trade for them. Regardless, yeah. You didn't give me an answer. I don't have one. Adrian Amos. Okay, perfect. I love it. All right, guys. Season two has begun. Yeah, season episode. two has begun. So uh, next week we'll probably have a lot more free agency stuff to talk about. Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do like a, a, a mini mock draft or something. Oh god. That might be kind of fun. Um yeah. But uh nice to be back. Here we nice go. Football is three sixty-five. I thought you were just like football. Football. That's it. <laughs> Make sure you uh check out the Pocket Podcast Network that we're on. Make sure you check out uh Inspire Retire My Friends podcast. Um, anything else you want to promote? Uh, make sure you're, eventually we're going to have Josh's show topic at on some sort of it'll be there eventually. Uh, we're platform. getting there. It's a really really cool uh, podcast that eventually you guys will all check out. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Good Good balls. Balls.